It's wonderful to be here with you. I am one of the pastors here, if I haven't met you before, and I am truly excited this morning to be up here with two incredible ladies, Christy over here and Priya. And as Robbie said, Christy and Priya both work for an organisation called Offspring, which is one of our church's partners in mission. And Offspring works in Kolkata, rehabilitating women that have been rescued from sex trafficking. I do have to stay, say from the top here this morning, if we have any kids that are in here that haven't gone down to the kids program, I just want to um, express to parents there will be some heavy content this morning. So just giving you a little heads up there. Um, we've got a video we'll be showing a bit later on as well. But I'm excited to have these two up here because what Offspring does and what these two women stand for is very remarkable. It's something that is, um, I think, close to all our hearts, actually, when we follow God and know Him and read the Bible and hear about, uh, you know, God's heart for the oppressed and to fight injustice, then this becomes something that we all share in and that we all want to stand uh, with. So I'm so excited to have you here. So Christy is the founder and CEO of Offspring. She started this 10 years ago. In fact, we had a big celebration last night, so we may look a little bit groggy this morning, but we are very awake <laughs> um, down at the pier in Geelong. And we celebrated the milestone of 10 years of Offspring, which was awesome. And then we've got Priya, who is all the way from India, first time to Australia. And Priya is the operations manager in Kolkata, India. So she's running things there. Yeah, big round of applause. Now, Priya actually flew in Tuesday night last week, and these two have been bouncing around at churches, at schools, at different organisations, speaking, events. They've been very busy. But you did get one day to go down to the Great Ocean Road, and did you see anything exciting down the Great Ocean Road? Oh, yeah. Firstly, it's beautiful, and I saw some kangaroos and a koala, and the koala came down uh, quite down where it was really close. Um, before I came here, I was talking, I have a son who's almost eight and I asked him if I could go and he was like, oh no, no, don't go, you know, that kind of thing. And then my visa got approved and the next morning he suddenly, he was like, so when you go to Australia, like, are you going to see a kangaroo and a koala? Can you bring a picture back? And I was like, oh, does that mean that I'm, you know, you're giving me permission to go? He's like, oh yeah, you can go. So, yeah, so I saw those kangaroos and I took some pictures for him. No pressure on me, hey? <laughs> Lucky we've got some friends in the Offspring family that run the Y River Big Four and I think they had to really coax the koala out of the tree. It was pretty close, Christy, wasn't it? Oh, super close. Like, even I was excited. I'm like, I want to get a photo in front of this koala. It's like right there. So we can tick off the koala and kangaroo. Has Christy made you eat any strange Australian foods while you've been here? Uh, she tried Vegemite, but I'm not a fan of that already. <laughs> I smelled it. And I was like, no, I don't, I'm not going to do it. We gave it, she had a Tim Tam. Enjoyed the Tim Tam? Yes, that was good. Yeah. I'm still yet to give her a palmy though, maybe for lunch. <laughs> Palmer for lunch. Palmy, palma. It's questionable, isn't it? Um, Tim Tam over Vegemite any day for sure. Um, some of you will know Christy as Christy did grow up in this church, but Christy, you've probably had lots happen in the last sort of five years. Do you want to just share with everyone what you've been doing and a little bit of your background for those that don't know you? Yeah, so I was a Geelong girl growing up um, in this church. Um, I'm a teacher by trade, I suppose. Um, went to Union Ballarat, 
came out and went um, to teach at Christian College and then, yeah, God called me in a different direction, um, resigned from my job and got on a plane to India, lived in India for seven years um, and, you know, setting up Offspring and then in that time, um, yeah, I, well, during COVID, had one of those random COVID um, weddings. So we were meant to planning our wedding for a few months down the track and then uh, there was that, you know, announcement of, you can't have any more than five people at your wedding as of tomorrow night. Uh, so Pete and I, we were, I was in Torquay, he was in Melbourne. It was like, what are we doing? Let's get married tomorrow. So it was like crazy getting married tomorrow so that we could have at least some family and friends. Didn't have a wedding dress, didn't have rings, didn't have anything, didn't have vows. I was Googling vows in the morning. I'm like, oh, that's a good sentence. Um, <laughs> And yeah, and we ended up getting married uh, in my parents' pool on our surfboards in wetsuits. So I walked down the aisle in my wetsuit. So it was perfect. I still get to wear my wedding dress. How good. Um, and then after that, uh, we've also now got 18 month old twins, uh, twin girls, identical twin girls. And um, so they're keeping us very busy. I think we may have a photo, family photo of you that might pop up at some stage of you with your beautiful twins, but we'll see. Um, Just a little side note, I was one of Christy's bridesmaids and had to squeeze into a wetsuit at the last minute. It was uh, way too small and I could hardly breathe, but anyway, lots of fun. Uh, There they are. So we've got Pete and Kaya and Indy there with Christy. Um, Priya, you mentioned before that you have got a son who's almost eight. Do you want to just tell us a little bit more about what you were doing before you worked at Offspring? Um, so before I, uh, yeah, so I'm married and I have a son who's almost eight. And before I worked in Offspring, I worked at a similar organization, uh, just there on a bigger scale. Um, and I met, that's where I met my husband. And then once I was looking for another job, and actually I worked there as a nurse because I have my degree in nursing. And people wonder, like, nursing and you're the operations manager now is just when I was looking uh for another job, there were two places that I was actually interviewing, and one was Offspring and one was another one, which was, it's quite big in India, you know, and um, I was interviewing there, and uh, yeah, there was a decision, like, which one do I go to, and I was just in my head, like, that's such a big organization, if I say no to that, uh, would people think I'm stupid, or... um, but it was just, I prayed a lot about it and I just felt God leading me to offspring. And six years later, I'm so glad I made that decision because I'm so happy where I am. Oh, we are so glad you made that decision. So thank you, Lord. And but interestingly, you both grew up in Christian homes. Um, and did you want to tell us anything about your faith journey in, I guess, preparing you for what you're doing now? Uh, yeah, I think, I think when you look back, you know, at your journey, God's God's preparing you always for different things that you don't know about. And, you know, for me, part of my testimony is, you know, when I was um, 12 years old, I I was electrocuted by a caravan on a camping trip, very random incident. But, you know, after that, you know, God just really started to... For me, it was like, why am I still alive? Like, I should have have died and it was a miracle. And God really spoke to me at 14, you know, going, I've given you a purpose today. Like, today you wake up and there's purpose. And, you know, I got baptised at 14 and I was like, God, whatever you want me to do, I want to do it. Like, I just want to live for you and I love people. And, you know, it was like, what, 10 years after that, that I was getting on a plane, um, you know, to India to start Offspring. And, yeah, I think it was just for me, just just trusting God and going, all right, today, God, I've woken up, I'm here, what's my purpose, what have you got for me today? 
Yeah, and for me, like, I accepted Jesus when I was 14, and I always wanted to work in a Christian organization and doing nursing. You know, hospitals are not Christians, uh, Christian in India. And then I got that um, uh, job at the social sector, and that was a Christian organization. And just being with those women, I just loved them, and I just grew in that area, and that's how I, like, came to Offspring. And I just, yeah, I just feel that's how God led me through. So awesome. So we're talking specifically about sex trafficking this morning. These are the women that you are working with in India. But Christy, can you tell us a little bit about human trafficking and slavery just globally at the moment and what's going on? Yeah, so there's probably two words that people often use, human trafficking, modern day slavery. Um, Human trafficking, I suppose, is a form of modern day slavery. Trafficking is when, you know, people are taken from one place to the next. Um, They're trafficked across borders, they're trafficked across the state. And uh, there's various forms of modern day slavery. And so one of them is sexual exploitation in which um, where we work with um, young women, there's forced uh, labour, debt bondage, there's forced marriage, which is probably one of the biggest ones within Australia. And so there's, yeah, different ways in which people are um, enslaved globally. Um, uh, there are estimated 50 million people um, in modern day slavery. And so that's, that's double the population of Australia. And we're talking slaves in India, slaves in Thailand, slaves in the UK, slaves in America and slaves in Australia. And so it's really globally is a a big, big problem Um, and one that I suppose, yeah, we're sort of going, we want to fight hard against that because that's an injustice that I think God is really grieving over at the moment. It's a huge number, 50 million, and it can be quite paralysing. It can be quite overwhelming when we hear statistics like Mm. that. Something I love about Offspring is that you look at every life. You look at the one. And so I wanted to ask you, Priya, what exactly does Offspring do? What's the model that you guys are using to help these women? Because I think to a lot of people, sorry to interrupt, a lot of people often will think that Offspring goes and rescues women and puts them in a safe home, but there's, that's not exactly what, what Offspring does. So can you explain the model for us? Yes, so Offspring, we have a vocational training centre and we have an Ahana Medway home. So at the vocational training centre, is we, uh, we focus on three aspects, that is education, Every morning, the girls have education. We teach them English. We teach them Bangla, which is our native language. Uh, We teach them math and life skills. Uh, Life skills, we think, is really important for the girls as, you know, to learn practical way of life, whether we're teaching them how to communicate, how to make decisions, how to make choices. Uh, Even, like, just marketing, we take them out. Like, we teach them how to uh, buy groceries because they haven't learned that. So they really enjoy that because we do that through a lot of activities. And then we have the sewing uh, skills that we teach them, which is really important because um, that's something that we're teaching them for the future. You know, when they leave us, when they transition on, that's something that they have. That's a skill that they've learned. So that's one big part of it. And they make beautiful products. You know, when they come in the beginning, they're like, I don't know how to, um, you know, how to run a machine. And then they start. And then when they have their first bag made, that Kolkata Kitty, and when they look at that, they can't believe, like, you can see the pride in their eyes that... I, did I really make it? So we let them have that as like a remembrance of, you know, how you felt the first time when you made a bag. And then uh, the third aspect is a trauma session, a recovery session, is that one-on-one sessions that they have with their social workers. And uh, they, they go through um, these sessions once a week. And there's a lot of activities that we do with them, just getting to know them better, teaching them skills of how to 
uh, you know, control their anger or, you know, how to go, you know, their timeline of what happened with them, but speak out in a safe place. So those are the three aspects that we do in the training center. And the Ahana Midway Home is more like a shelter where the girls are, they feel safe. And it's for majors, it's above 18. So they can come in, they can stay, they can work with us. And um, they're, they're learning how to live independent lives. They have to do their own marketing. They have to cook themselves. Um, there's nobody living with them. Yet yeah, there's uh, the warden living underneath, meaning the first floor when they live on the top. But they're all by themselves and they're independent girls. So we are teaching them how to live independent lives. It's amazing. It is such a holistic model and you really see that. I was privileged enough to go in 2018 and visit and um, I was blown away with just the program and the thought that has gone into every aspect of it. Just really quickly, you've got some really something really exciting that you are launching when you head back the prevention unit. Christy, did you want to just talk really briefly about that? Priya is good to talk about. All right, Priya, we'll throw it to you. This wasn't in the script, but it's really exciting to mention. Tell us about the prevention unit that you guys are about to set up. Yes, it's a prevention unit. Uh, We're thinking of starting it in one of the red light areas. Um, And this is more like for the girls who are living in that area. So they could be uh, daughters of sex workers. They could be girls who grew up in that area. Uh, But it's more like they're at risk. You know, living in that area is at, you know, putting them at risk. Um, They could be in love relationships with uh, unsafe boys and due to a financial crisis, lower education, they could, they could be lured into trafficking and um, working in the trade at any time. So we want to work in that area and just uh, spread the awareness you know, of trafficking and um, give them a source of income, teach them some skills that uh, the, the girls who interviewed with us, they're, they're college dropouts because uh, their family can't uh, support their um, college any longer. So maybe like working with us, they would be able to continue with their education and that would help us transition them into better jobs. So yeah, we're looking to work in there, um, hopefully. And it's it's new, we're all gonna be learning together, so trial and error, but I think it'll be good. It's amazing, and how many staff members are there in India now? Uh, There's six, including me, and we're gonna get two more. I think they start Tuesday. They start on Tuesday, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Straight back into training new staff. So each um, girl that comes to Offspring has quite a unique and a different story. Um, We're actually going to watch one of those stories in just a moment. Christy, did you want to speak into that at all? Yeah, we we asked the girls. So I was uh, in India about a month ago and we asked, and, and Priya was communicating all this prior to that, but we asked our trainees if anyone wanted to share their story and we asked that with hesitation because sharing their stories is quite a vulnerable position they're reliving you know really traumatic um traumatic past traumatic things that have happened to them so you know we we just uh we say we ask them in a way that if they would like to share it because we want to be able to communicate that with people back home and that we had three girls that say yes I'm willing to share my story and um, which was really quite impressive, you know, for them to do that. And you pre asked them, why do you want to share it? And they had the same similar message. They're like, we don't want what's happened to us to happen to anyone else. And we want people to know what's going on. We want people to be aware about what's happening. And when they shared their stories, they really gave us like 
all the details, um, which was quite, for me, I was, I was reading the script at home and I was just sitting in the lounge room crying and Pete's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, just this is really hard to read again that this has happened to these girls. Um, but there's, in every script, there was always, always hope at the end as well. Like when I came to Osprey and there was hope after that, which was probably the part that really, you know, got me as well. But, yeah, so we're going to show you one of the girls' stories. We've taken a lot out um, to make it, uh, I suppose, yeah, less less raw. Um, so, no, there is a lot more detail that goes in, but we just, yeah, these girls are, are wanting to share that with you. We'll watch the screens. This is Tanya's story. at a train station on platform number 14. My name is Tanya. This is my story. I was three years old when my father died and my mother brought myself and my three siblings to live at the train station. My mother sold vegetables and clothes there. When I was 13, my mother sent me to work in Delhi as a house helper. When I reached New Delhi train station, I was taken to a very dark place. Everything was dark. The lanes were dark. The stairs were dark. And I entered a room full of boys and girls. There I was locked in the room and forced to serve customers repeatedly every day. I didn't get any rest. I was told that my mother didn't know where I was and if I said anything, they would kill me. No one would even know that I was gone. In planning my escape, each time a customer come, I would steal a little money. Then one day, I found the courage to run away and bought a train ticket home. The next day, after returning home, I heard my mother talking on the phone to someone who wanted to take me. She was planning to sell me once again. My brother called in the police and I was placed in a safe home. It was then that I found offspring. I felt so welcome when I first joined offspring. I was happy again. I'm learning swing machine skills and I'm now confident in making different bags. I had anger issues before, but I have been taught skills on how to control this and have learned how to keep patience. I'm sure I could get a job in a lots of places, but nowhere else I will get this life-changing support. Life lesson I'm excited to teach my daughter. 
I am determined to be a loving mother and for her to never have the experience of growing up on platform number 14. So this is one person, one girl's story. This is a life we are talking about. It's quite hard to watch that. But as you said, Christy, when we see at the end the hope and the joy and, you know, really a transformed life after coming to Offspring. And Priya, you know, there's, as I said, there's many different stories. What are some of the other girls' stories in a nutshell? Um, one of the other girls, I would say, um, she lost her parents at a very young age and uh, uh, she grew up with her maternal family and, you know, kind of a little bit rebellious and so she, she got uh, trafficked by one of her relatives and it was a really hard one because they were, she was taken from one place to the other and, um, but she was really smart and uh, she was able to uh, save some money and get a, she, uh, got their trust, you know, and they were, you know, they gave her a phone and then she was able to contact uh, her family back and she was able to get rescued pretty early, like, you know, some of them stay there for years, but she was able to come out after a few months and um, since she came with us, we've just seen her grow and change and um, she's actually, the prevention unit that I was, I mentioned, she's actually interviewed there and she's actually going to be the staff member over there and training the new girls that are coming in so that's huge for us to see a trainee come in and grow that much you know with that background that trauma that she's gone through and then wanting to teach other girls what she has learned so that's great for us. It's amazing. And, you know, I did just say that those transformed lives, this is what we see through this organisation. And for both of you, you know, Jesus is at the heart of this. Um, I guess my question is, how, how do you go about, and I'll ask this to you, Christy, how do you go about running a gospel-centred organisation in a culture where there's 80% of Indians, um, you know, it's a Hindu, and then another 15% it's Islam. How do you go about running this organisation when it's actually not really conducive with their culture and their beliefs. Yeah, it was fairly challenging, especially in setting it up and um, learning more about the culture, learning more about the religions. Um, and we were really aware of that, um, knowing that Christianity is not super welcome. Um, and so when we set up the training centre, uh, we set it up, so we actually set up as a, as a business, we're a vocational training centre, not necessarily a charity um, as such. And where our name in India is different to our offspring name, just to keep a, um, I suppose, a disconnect between Australia and India. And I'm so thankful that God gave um, us the wisdom to do that initially because even in the last few years, we've seen compassion have had to pull out of India altogether, um, world vision within Kolkata, um, not, not over all India, just, just Kolkata, have had to pull out all over India. Just Kolkata, um, because the, yeah, the government, being aware of Christian organisations, they have the power to be able to say you don't have a registration anymore and you can't send international funds into the country. And so, um, yeah, we're really aware of it. You know, the, the Hindu gods, there's, there's, there's millions of them. Um, but in the end, we also know that our God is so much stronger than all those millions put together. And so we've just got to um, keep moving in faith and trust that God wants us there. Um, and, you know, he's going to protect that for us. Mm. 
It's amazing. Priya, have you actually seen any, have any of the trainees, like I know you're very intentional with having devotions in the morning and, and, the, and the women there know that, you know, you are Christians, the staff are Christian. Is, have you seen any of the trainees actually come to faith in your time? Um, I think uh, Christianity in India looks very different from what it is here. We, uh, as Amy mentioned, we have devotions every morning and we share the love of God. We share what Jesus means to us and more than just sharing, you know, it's um, how staff live their lifestyle, you know, how we are with them. I think that speaks louder. And um, we've had one of the trainees actually come and speak to us about how uh, since she joined with us and how since she's known Jesus, how her life has changed. It's not like her problems have stopped, but she's just gotten better of how to deal with it because she feels like Jesus is there and Jesus loves her and she feels that support. Um, so, yeah, like, they they have this... When they come in, you know, they're like, like, almost like, oh, my life is over, you know, but with Jesus, they just know that I have hope for the future and they can just come and you don't have to do any rituals, you know, you just, if you, if you want God, you just sit and you pray wherever you are and you're just accepted. So yeah, they know that. It's amazing. So Amy's exciting. Yeah, Sorry, go. just, just sort of thinking like when they first come in, you know, we say you don't have to come to devotions, you know, it's not, we're not trying to Bible bash you. It's a, that's a choice, but they always want to come because I think they're also like, ah, yeah, another God, Jesus, yeah, join the family of all the others. Um, but we're very intentional of when we say, can we pray for you? You know, when they're going to court cases, we're like, can we pray for you? But we're going to be praying to Jesus. You know, they're like, you know, no problem. And um, I was really privileged to be able to go to one of our trainees' um, baptisms, you know, deciding to get baptised and saying, you know, like this is a decision and a commitment. And it brought me back to when I was 14 years. And, you know, for me that was a, yeah, one of probably my highlights over the last 10 years is actually seeing her understand who Jesus can be in her life. It's amazing. I can remember when I was there in 2018 that one of the girls was getting ready to go to court and testify um, against um, her perpetrator. And, and for these young women, this is probably one of the hardest things they have to do, isn't it, post um, being rescued, just to go back and face that. And I remember all the staff and everyone gathering around them and actually praying for this girl. And it was yeah, just a beautiful, powerful moment. It's incredible the way um, God is just in and through offspring and, and what you girls are doing. So, you know, I mentioned before, we have many scriptures in the Bible that talk about um, fighting injustice and helping the oppressed. And I just wanted to read a couple. Proverbs 31, 8 to 9 says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. And then in Isaiah 1, 17, it says, Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. And I see this is actually what you girls are doing. This is what Offspring is doing. And I mean, as I said before, we can be so overwhelmed by such a huge issue, by such horrific events. How do you both go about, you know, continuing to trust God and leaning into where he's calling you in, in really such dark spaces and spaces that, um, as you said, Christy, cause you to cry quite a lot and, and cause you to um, have to think really hard about what's going on. What, what do you do personally? You can go first, Christy, if you want. Um, Priya's going to go. <laughs> I think, yeah, the injustice is big, and, um, but I think our God is bigger, so there's nothing that is small to him. Like, I know he doesn't like it. He doesn't want it to happen, 
and we are just working in one part of it and we try to do our best but um, but we can't fix everything you know it's huge but um, in the end we just pray and leave the rest to God like he's over it all so yeah just trusting God and having faith in him that he's gonna do it he's gonna make everything good someday yeah, I think to, it's it's always challenging. We've had you know setbacks as well with with some even some of our trainees where you know we're seeing really great things happen and then we're helping them transition into other workplaces or they're going home and then hearing stories potentially of them going back into the trade. You know, just one of the one of the hardest things to hear. And again, going, God, what is going on? Like constantly and questioning. And for me, that whole hearing about sex trafficking for the first time in 2011, and and being angry with God, like why why do you let this happen to your children? Like this shouldn't, you know, this is not what you want. And but God then going, no, but I, like I need you to help me do this. And it, and I think you know, just constantly going. For us, again, it's the ones. You know, looking at the 50 million is, is overwhelming, as Amy has said, but going, we've got one trainee stepping through the door right now and how can we best help equip her and love her and pray, you know, God's blessing over her future and her life. And, yeah, I think it's it's just taking that one step at a time, um, you know, and and allowing God to, to, to do things, not trying to do it ourselves. And that's sometimes you've got to step back and go, okay, God, this is actually, this is your project, it's not mine. Um, and and you do what you need to do. That's awesome. So you meant you both mentioned prayer, and um, I would just want to encourage us as a church, as we have for ten years, but even for those that are hearing about Offspring for the first time, to really get behind this organisation in prayer because they need our prayers, and these young women need our prayers. And so I really encourage you to lean into that space. But Christy, what else could people do if they're wanting to learn more about? you know, trafficking or how they can even support offspring, what could they do? Just with prayer too, I was thinking, I think one of the things we also need to pray for is the traffickers. And I, you know, sort of for me, hit me a few years ago and it was sort of a hard realisation, but God loves them. And actually, you know, like our girls come with, um, you know, chains and and singing that song, I was like, oh, I'm going to lose it in a second. But... The traffickers, they've, they've got chains as well, you know. They're, they're broken and they need God. They need, they need, you know, the scales of their eyes um, to be taken off for God to release them so that they can see what's going on for, for them to have this change of heart to then love girls, love people. And so prayer is a real big one in, in a lot of different aspects. But, you know, for, for offspring in Australia, our, our biggest part of what we do is awareness and education, is being able to tell people what's happening. And for people in their personal lives to be able to go, what can I do? What can I do against, um, you know, modern day slavery and what's going on? Because there's slavery in our chocolate, there's slavery in our coffee, there's slavery in our clothes. There's slavery in so many things that we purchase. And as a community, we need to to go, okay, what individual steps can I do? And so that's probably a one individually on a, on a bigger scale, but yeah, with Offspring, you know, following along, as it's, we've got an event last night, we often have events coming along, bringing other people in to hear about what we do. Obviously, we don't operate without, you know, financial investments, and I know One Hope has been amazing um, as a church in, in being our partner and investing um, into us that way. But yeah, just, just coming on the journey, praying um, and educating others and, and yourself about what's happening. 
That's awesome. And I do encourage you to check out uh, offspringproject.com.org. No, no com, just .org. .org, <laughs> offspringproject.org. <laughs> um, and just, yeah, you can find out more about what Offspring is doing and keep up to date. Well, thank you so much, Christy and Priya. Can we give them a huge clap this morning? There's just so much we can take away from this morning in the short time that you've shared. And I really felt to encourage everyone here, you know, in two different aspects, that perhaps this morning you're here and and you actually feel like your life is pretty broken and that you've perhaps had trauma in your past, Um, things are going on currently for you. And I just wanted to encourage you to be um, reminded that God can transform any life, that Jesus can come and bring restoration and there can be joy and hope where there was darkness. And for me, when I met these trainees back in 2018, the biggest thing that just amazed me was these girls and I knew their stories. I would see them, you know, coming to greet me and their big smiles and the pure joy that was in their um, hearts. You could just see it was so genuine. And so I just want to encourage you this morning, if you are feeling like, Um, you know, you don't have that hope, you don't have that joy, that you are not beyond the reach of God's love this morning. So that's the first encouragement. The second one is for those of you who maybe felt a sense of just a stirring this morning of perhaps wanting to get involved in in, um, fighting anti-trafficking, you know, fighting trafficking in anti-trafficking, or perhaps some other sort of justice issue, you know, there's so much going on in our world. It could be things in your local community, it could be something overseas, but you know, I believe God calls people like Christian prayer at times to stir things up within us, to not sit and be comfortable, but to be able to step out of our comfort zone and be led by the Holy Spirit in what we do in loving those that really need to know Jesus. And so I really encourage you that as we sing, we're about to sing a song available. And I just encourage you in that moment, in that song, make that your prayer to God this morning. God, I am available. Lead me where you want me to. We heard that in both what Christy and Priya said, just surrendered lives to God and what God has been able to do through these lives. So would you girls join me as we stand and we're going to pray. Why don't we all stand together and it'd be wonderful to pray for um, Christy and Priya and offspring and I'd love to pray for everyone here too. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for offspring. We thank you for Priya and for Christy and for the amazing work that they are involved in, Lord God. We pray for those amazing young women, those trainees, Lord God, the past trainees, the present trainees and the future trainees, Lord God. Would your hand continue to be upon their lives? Would you continue to transform lives, Lord God? Not just in India, Kolkata, but here in Geelong, Lord God. Would you touch people's hearts even right now as we pray, Lord Lord, for anyone here that feels that they are beyond your transformative power, Lord, in this moment now, would they feel your love? Would they know that you are real and that you are so willing to meet them in their grief, in their hurt, in their brokenness, that you can bring transformation? Lord God, I pray for all of us as a church, would we be brought to our knees again, Lord God, in surrender to you? Would we make ourselves available to where you are leading us, Lord? 
Speak to us now, Holy Spirit, as we worship You, as we sing of how good You are, God, would You remind us that You are in control. We can trust You with everything and continue to lead us. We pray for all of this in Your mighty Name, Jesus. Amen.